As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, hi, hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Hey, Hi, Hello podcast. It is your favorite host, Lauren Lopez, and I am so freaking excited to share today's episode with you guys. We have on Colette Patricia of Balancing Cannabis, and if you don't know who she is, she is like the cannabis mother effing queen, okay? She does these guided cannabis meditations that are just insane. I mean, absolutely insane insane. They're so fun, so cool. She breaks it down so much on this episode. Not only do we talk about cannabis meditation itself, but we also talk about cannabis as a whole, which as I'm sure you know, if you've listened to any of my earlier episodes, is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite topics. Um, One of the things I think is really cool that we talk about in this episode specifically that I think a lot of you guys will really be able to resonate with and take a lot from is we talk about anxiety with cannabis. And this is something that I hear all the time, especially as a frequent weed smoker, um, a weed user, cannabis user, whatever. Um, I smoke a lot of weed and my friends do not. And when they do, they get so anxious and So I was really curious to pick Colette's brain about that, see if she had any tips or tricks, and she went off. I mean, she broke down, like, the root of why you feel like this and, like, how to feel better. It's insane. She's so brilliant, so joyful and happy, just the best energy. You guys are going to love listening to what she has to say. Um I'm honestly just going to keep today's intro short because it is a long, long episode. We talk about so many things. So happy Monday, everybody, or whatever day you're listening to this. And thanks for tuning in. Here's Colette. So why don't we start off? I like to ask everybody the same question. What does living as your highest self mean to you? Hmm. Living as my highest self, that means just really in aligned to the energy of love and to the energy of trust and surrender. And so um, whatever that looks like, mostly for me, my journey towards living as my highest self has been in healing the mental struggles, mental illness struggles. I've struggled with chronic depression and anxiety for a really long time. And so as I've gone on this journey of 
healing and evolving and letting go of a lot of what is not real and what does not serve. Um, a lot of that has been in the mind. And so kind of retraining that. So yeah, so the highest self is just when I'm fully embodied, I'm really grounded in my truth and then just expressing from a place of love in all things. I could not agree more. I think that's super true. I think living your highest self is really just being true to yourself, listening to yourself constantly um, and making sure that you're constantly doing things that are helping you grow and become a better person. Um, I think it's a long process to become your absolute highest self. It might even be a never ending journey, um, but it's constant work to keep getting there. Yeah, it's interesting because it's kind of both. You have to realize that there's always work to be done. There's always evolution to be acquired Mm -hmm. and like processes to go through. And it's a simple remembering. It's a going back that you are already your highest self. You're already living in that space. You already have access to that truth. It's just a matter of how much conditioning in the mind, how much pattern of emotion, Mm -hmm. how much toxicity are we taking in, whether that's food or environment or media or whatever we're kind of inundating ourselves with. How do we start to strip away instead of thinking about like evolving I have to do more or be better or become this version of myself it's really just the remembering of like oh I'm already that I'm already there so what's standing in between where I'm sitting right now and that highest self that highest expression and just remembering that it's just a falling back into that yep so true I could not have said it better myself that's I agree completely with everything you're saying it's great yeah um so before we get into a little bit more about you. I do have two questions. The first one, if anyone who's listening has been to your Monday night meditation, they've seen your really, really awesome light that you have. Where did you get it? I need to know. <laughs> it's just from Amazon. Really? Is yeah, it just, what called, do I look up? I think it's called like galaxy light or something. Okay. Galaxy LED light. Down. Honestly, my sister-in-law bought it for my nephew for his for Christmas, but it's a little too bright for his room for when he's sleeping. Gotcha. And so I've just sort of acquired it, but yeah, I need it's it. just on it's Amazon. The it's coolest like looking it's thing. so cool. It's so I need fun. It. I love it. Yeah. Oh, okay. It. Perfect. Good to know. <laughs> okay. My second question I had for you is, so for me personally, Instagram is so hard. Like it is a struggle for me to do. I I honestly hate doing it. I don't like getting on there. It feels exhausting. It takes so much energy. And your Instagram, which is how I found you, is just so good. And I feel like you're so active on there. And you put out so such good content that's so informative. And you seem to have a good balance of maintaining your content and engaging with people, but also not getting too sucked into it based on what you've said on Instagram. So I'm curious how you do that. Because for me, it's so hard. I just sometimes want to completely not do it. And I know that especially with having a podcast, it's something you have to do to promote and connect with others and that sort of thing. But it's, I hate it. I really yeah, do. I, I don't love it. I have an interesting relationship to it. And I will say that my relationship to Instagram has evolved drastically because if you had been following me like last year, I like completely fell off Instagram for months. Like I didn't post a really? thing. I just was completely off of it. So when I came back, I kind of was like, Hey, I'm back. <laughs> and <laughs> people were, they had noticed that I was gone, but it was, I was in that same boat where it was just such a struggle for me. And so now the approach that I take to Instagram is that I don't necessarily post 
for the for this present moment i don't post in hopes that you're gonna go on there and you're gonna see it right now and, and like look at it what i'm posting for and the, the way that i approach all of the content that i'm creating is that if and when someone finds out about me whether they get tagged or somebody connects them to me or they come to a meditation or whatever and they've just come to me for the very first time and they start going through my instagram my intention is that there's enough information on my instagram page that they can kind of catch up and like get a clear idea of me, of my energy and what I'm here to do and what I'm talking about and what the point of this platform is. So I'm approaching my platform a little bit different than I've approached Instagram before ever in my life because I am teaching something or sharing something that not a lot of people are sharing about, not a lot of people are talking about. And so when people come and find me, they have never heard anybody talk about cannabis the way that I talk about cannabis for the most part. I mean, I'm not to right. say that I'm the only human being ever doing it, but I'd say a good nine and a half out of 10 people that are going to come. Oh yeah. When I found never... you, you were the first person yeah. that I found who did it. So I right. think that 100%. And so I'm kind of, as I'm building content, I just want to have a place where basically people can come and start to get little snippets of the context that they need at, if and when they want to dive into using cannabis in this way, in a sacred practice or in a meditation practice, a spiritual practice, or whatever the case may be. And so ultimately my goal with Instagram is just to continue to provide useful, somewhat entertaining and fun, lighthearted con conversations around this, because honestly, sometimes this work can feel intense and it can feel overwhelming and intense. The healing journey that I talk about a lot is uncomfortable at times. Mm -hmm. And so I a, want to constantly be a voice of encouragement and of reminding people that like, you're good, you're love, you're already your higher self. You don't have to look at yourself through this shameful lens, but let's kind of get rid of some of this shit that's holding you back. Let's like, right. let's let go of some of that old burdens, those old, you know, mindsets, these old things. And the way that I view the world is through energy. And so cannabis helps us understand energy. So I don't know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself already, but I feel like my approach to Instagram, A, I have detached my, like, I, I had to make a complete mindset shift towards Instagram. And I started looking at Instagram in a sacred practice, the same way that I look at my Monday night meditations. When people come to me for those experiences, I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel validated and educated without feeling like I'm talking down to them or condemning them for not knowing these things or whatever the case is. But I want it to be light. I want it to be pretty, you know, like I still love mm -hmm. to do all the girly things and do all the fun. So I try to find this balance. And then I'm, and then I have in the back of my mind, a little bit of like my digital marketing background for, you know, kind of using all the different ways that you can connect with people, whether it's a one minute video, a still image, IGTV, Instagram uh, stories. And I'm trying to do as much of that as I can. I don't really do the reels and I don't do a lot yeah. of IG live, although I'm considering bringing on more of the IG live coming this year. So Ooh, it's just kind of, yeah, I just kind of approach it lightly, you know? Yeah. It and sounds like I don't you're do it approaching day, it just... of more, from more of like a community perspective than from like a branding or marketing yourself perspective, yes. which yeah. I think is really nice. And I don't see a lot of people doing that lately. And I think that's why your page works so well, not just for others finding it like me, but for you yourself, because it's not, for me, sometimes it feels like a chore. I have to go on. Yes. I have to post this. Yes. I have to promote this and comment on this person's thing and share this yes. person's thing. 
but it sounds like you're coming from a mindset of collaboration and working with people. And I think that's what social media should be about. And it's so easy to just get sucked out of that though. And into this whole new digital mindset, which yeah, I'm not really, a big fan of. Gross. No, the yeah. new digital mindset is destroying humans. <laughs> so yep. what I like, I was at the point that I was ready to just completely not be on the internet, but it's like, no, but I really want to share this. And I, this has so much potential and so much power that I have to share it. And so it's like, okay, how do I find that balance? And for me, yes, what you're saying, like, I want to build a community. I want to build a mm-hmm. movement. I want to get a bunch of people on my page talking about stuff so that if somebody new comes to a post of mine and they're looking at comments, I'm not just commenting back to the person who made the original comment. I'm also responding with the person in mind who is just coming to my page for the first time. And so every opportunity that I have to engage with people is a beautiful opportunity to share more love and to share more encouragement and to make people feel safe in my space and in my page, because ultimately that's what I want to do. That's awesome. That's really good. And it definitely, I mean, it shows through your page how much you work you're putting that. into it. Yeah. It you know, really it's so does. funny because I've had a lot of people tell me like, you're not good at Instagram and this doesn't look good. And it's not all like in the same filter and you don't look like an influencer. I'm like, I'm not trying to be an influencer. In fact, I, yeah. I only want people that are in resonance with what I'm doing. I don't, I just want to attract the people that really want this work. And so I'm doing that just by really being myself and just being really organic with it and and really authentic and like I'll sit down and film a couple videos that I'll post to my YouTube and then I'll just take little one or three minute right, sections clips. out of those and post mm-hmm. them up there so I just try to keep it light I don't put pressure on myself and then when people reach out to me and engage with me I show up for them you know I'm not just commenting mm-hmm. with emojis I'm not just do you know like thanks for the love exactly. you know it's like I'm diving in with people because this is a sacred practice and honestly the cannabis meditation is affecting people in very, very profound ways. And it's not something that I take lightly. I have deep reverence and respect for my work right. and for the role that I am finding myself in. And so I want to just show up for people. Right. Especially, yeah, with the role you're in, it is so important to show up for people. And I think with social media tied into that, if you're not engaging with these, I mean, especially now since everything's over Zoom and you know, you kind of have to be there engaging with these people and letting them know that you're there for them digitally because you can't really be there for them in any other way right Right. now. Right. And then when I can be there for them physically and, you know, Mm -hmm. like a cannabis meditation home tour is kind of something that's on my radar for coming months. It's just traveling around the country and doing meditations just wherever I can find places that will host me. Like then now people have had these experiences with me in their homes. They know Mm -hmm. me, they feel safe with me. And then when they come to have a group experience, then the energy is going to be so much more profound and so much more intense because we're all in alignment. We're all in agreement of what is happening and what we're doing here. So, um, so yeah, it's exciting, but I would say for you, like, just remember that, you know, at the heart of what you're doing, your intentions are so good and your desire is to help people. And so if you look at Instagram or any social media as just an opportunity to share wisdom, to share goodness, to share mm-hmm. love and encouragement, then that will take that burden off of you to be like, Oh God, right. what am I going to post? And it's just like, just remember who your audience is and who you are. And then those two things will, all of your content will flow a lot more naturally, but I think you're doing a great job. I think that your content's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's just hard sometimes. It is. It is. Also, it is. I work in digital marketing for work. So I feel like that okay. plays into it too, because I'm on social media all day. Yes. And that's 
I mean, that's like 110% forced. I have no choice. And it's for like the medical industry. So I'm like, oh, dentures. But (laughs) so by the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I really don't want to do this. But I think I really do need to shift my perspective a little bit, like you were saying, over to a place of community and learning instead of a place of promotion, because I feel like that's what it's turning into. And I really want to get back to the roots of what social media should be. Yes. It should be a community. Absolutely. And people should, you know, people don't need another brand telling them that they're fucked up. Honestly, they don't need another person telling them that this is what you need to do in order to be the best version of yourself. Like what people need is just someone that says, I'm with you and I see you and I'm going through it just the same as you are. And we're in it together and we can help each other. And so like that branding, that message, you want to talk about marketing, like that lands because people are sick of being told Mm -hmm. that they're wrong or broken or damaged or needing to step into this or needing to evolve and blah, blah, and I think that that's the problem with the spiritual community on social media hundred oh, percent, leveraging these terms and these phrases like your higher self or like your soul self and they're selling programs to people, but they're not actually engaging with them and they're not actually helping them mm-hmm. to not only release these traumas and conditionings and pains, but they're not actually helping them step into a new embodied version of themselves. And so I don't want to be that person. I want to be a light in a sort of manipulative market, to be honest. And so, um, you know, I continuously check my own marketing and my own language that I choose in order to share what I know, because ultimately the only thing I want to teach is for to show you how to go find out for yourself. So if you exactly. want to know what you're suffering with, I'll show you how to go find it, but I'm not going to tell you what that is. If mm-hmm. you want to know the creator of all things, I'll show you how to go find out, but I'm not here to teach anything about that. And so right. ultimately my goal is to empower the healer within your own being. It's not to step into any role of authority over anybody's life. I think that is so true. And I love that you brought that up because the spiritual community, especially right now with how popular it's becoming, I feel like there's so much, and I'm noticing it with a lot of my friends too, who are starting to get into spiritual stuff a lot. And it's like, you have to fit in this little box of like, do this and do that. And this is what's true. And this is what's not. And I feel like that it's really starting to go against what spirituality is all about because I see it as more of a tool to help you find whatever your highest self is or higher self is or whatever it is that you're looking for. It's really just a tool set. And a lot of people are starting to shift away from that. Right. And, and they're, they're manipulating spiritual teachings mm-hmm. to, you know, advance their own agenda, which is not good, right. you know? And like, even like I said at the very beginning that it's like a spiritual journey is just a remembering. It's not a doing or a becoming a changing exactly. of any kind. It's a remembering that you already are. And it's allowing yourself to tap into more intimate and vulnerable spaces within yourself yeah. so that you can live your life in a spiritual sense of understanding that you're not just this human, right? You're not Mm -hmm. just this physical body. There's so much more to life than that. And so I, I get really frustrated actually with a lot of the spiritual stuff that I see on, on Instagram because it's manipulative and for people who are seeking and that are hungry and that are confused and that are hurting, it's like they're finding accounts or finding people, or even just like the little graphics and the memes that I see, they're still psychologically twisting the truth in a way that makes people feel not good enough. Right. And that is what 
the religion does. That's yeah. what the church does. And so when you yeah. talk about spirituality, we're trying to get away from that paradigm. Exactly. We're trying to get away from that thought that looking at humans, like humans are inherently wrong or bad. And it's like, no, no, you're perfect as you are. You're divinely perfect as you are. And so all you have to remember is that you're just holding on to some stuff from your trauma and from your childhood and from your habits that aren't Mm -hmm. serving you, but there's nothing wrong with you as a human being. There's no shame in being a human. And so when you're using spiritual teachings that is still instilling shame in some kind, then you're, it's no different than the organized religion. Right. That's so true. And I think that's one of the really big reasons that I started this podcast even is because I was feeling that myself as someone who was interested in spirituality and the world of wellness and all that stuff, there's such a big line between people who are actually trying to help you and people who are using this as an opportunity for business or whatever their alternatives are. But that's why I started the podcast because there's so many people out there and I feel like it's really important to connect with people who have good intentions and hear what they have to say um, and really dive deep into finding people who are going to benefit you on your uh, spiritual journey. Yeah. And helping and like learning to discern for yourself what that feels like, right? Because someone might say all the right things and you might be attracted to them on in some way where it's like, oh, I like what this person's saying. Oh, I like something about them. But there's something internally that is not resonating that there's Mm -hmm. something off for me about this person. Right. And so that is what I hope to encourage and empower people to understand is this truth, this well of truth within their being that they can access their intuition, which will help them discern through all kinds of bullshit, right? Whether it's a someone in Mm -hmm. the spiritual community or it's a potential like relationship or like a romantic interest or a friend or a business partner, you can start to discern people's energies and people's intentions in a way that you don't have to really use the mind so much because Mm -hmm. the mind is tricky. The mind will be like, Oh, well, but look at that person. They, they have X, Y, and Z. That's really appealing to me or whatever the case is, but it's like, yeah, but the spirit knows, right? Spirit really knows. And so ultimately any spiritual teaching, any spiritual practice of any kind, all of it should be pointing you back to yourself. And if it's not pointing you back to yourself, that should be a major red flag. Right. And I think the same thing is true in wellness where it's like, you see this thing, if you're not doing yoga five days a week, drinking 17 Mm -hmm. juices and, you know, wearing Lululemon, then you are not really a yogi. And it's like, what is this? This is insane. But it's still that same manipulative mentality. And I think that this is where people who are hurting, those are the ones that are their most vulnerable, honestly, Mm -hmm. to be manipulated or to be controlled into these ideas or these thoughts of like, oh, well, if I don't, you know, do this, then I'm not spiritual or I'm not this, or I don't, and it's like, God, that's so untrue. And so for me, I think I spent a lot of time in wellness worlds in fitness Mm -hmm. and yoga and all this stuff. And I just was, and in, and in religion and church. And I'm like, I just love people. And I just think people are amazing. And so the thought of like using what I know to manipulate and control people is like, it's disgusting to me, honestly. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I think that's so true. And it's, it sucks that it's out there. It really does, Mm -hmm. but it's, there's ways to avoid it. And I think it's important to kind of learn how and learn what works and what doesn't. And like you said, really just listen to your intuition. I think that's so important. Once you can learn to tap into that and really listen to yourself and what you're not just thinking subconsciously, but feeling energetically about something, Mm -hmm. that's when you start to realize 
you know, this is kind of not good or this is bad. So right, love exactly. that you brought that up. And there are so many good people out there doing really beautiful, amazing things. I don't want to sit here and pretend like, oh, you know, oh my God, there's so many amazing people doing brilliant work. And it's like, and that is when you have to do spend some time on the, on Instagram or online and like just kind of sorting through some of the things, especially as right. new age spirituality on Instagram and social media becomes this trendy topic. It's like, just remember yes. that of course there's always going to be people that see a trend and they see an opportunity and that's fine mm-hmm. because there are still people that will be benefited from that as well. But for those right, that are so truly true. seeking a spiritual life and a spiritual truth, then you have to really understand a, what that means. And you have to remember that only, you know, what that is. So true. Um, so why don't we switch into telling you, telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, for those of our listeners who have no idea who you are, or what you do, why don't you tell us your story Um, you do cannabis meditation. So why don't you tell us about that and how you got into it? Okay. Um, okay, so my name is Colette and I started a platform called balancing cannabis back in 2019 after I had a very, very deeply profound spiritual experience using cannabis in a meditation. Um, I had been a longtime lover of cannabis been smoking weed since I was 17. Um, and I had, at that point I had been meditating for a couple of years and had was diving into learning lots of different meditation techniques, everything from spiritually based meditation, like in Buddhist practices, all the way to scientific um, approaches, more like mindfulness. And a lot of the teachings of Dr. Joe Dispenza was a huge influence on my work. And I always kept the two separate. Like I would smoke weed at night, I would meditate in the morning. And that was always, they were never combined. And one day I just, I'd been doing all this wellness stuff, right. Been feeling like I was stuck and wasn't making progress and kind of felt like I was hitting a wall. And so one day I just thought, well, I'm just going to meditate with cannabis and see what happens. And so I smoked some weed and I, well, I created an environment first. I set the intention that I wanted to use it in a sacred way. Like I was kind of calling out to God at that point, calling out for wisdom, for clarity, for direction, because I was struggling and I knew it. And so I set that intention. I had already had a pretty, I'll, I'll touch on my kind of faith background in a moment, but um, I was just kind of like hungry for the presence of God. And so I set the intention. I set the environment. I smoked some weed. I laid down, I put a mask on and I put some music in my headphones and I literally had the most profound spiritual experience I'd ever had in my life up to that point. And it blew me away. Honestly, I was so surprised because I'd been smoking weed for 17 years and I had never had that kind of experience on cannabis before. So that kind of, st- and so then a couple of days later, I thought, well, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it wasn't really a thing. Let me try it again. A couple of days later, I tried it again. And again, it was another spiritual experience. I'm weeping on the floor. I'm seeing all these visions. I'm, it's like, I was blown away. Wow. At one point I had to sit up because the experience was so intense. I couldn't even lay down anymore. And I just was sobbing on the ground, like full presence of God. Like it was, it was overwhelming. And so I thought, okay, this is a thing. So then I started reaching out to people that I knew that trusted me. And I said, Hey, I have this idea. Would you mind if I just kind of guide you through an experience with cannabis? So up to this point, I I was um, a certified yoga teacher. I I know how to guide meditations. I've been holding space for people for a long time. And so I, I did kind of already have a skill set in holding space that just transitioned really seamlessly into that. And I started holding this meditation for others and it all of a sudden they're having the same 
overwhelming, profound experiences. People are coming up from these meditations, weeping and just, I've never felt love in my body like that before. I've never known myself like that before. Like it was just so powerful. Um, and so then at the time I was working in the cannabis industry. So I was witnessing a lot of the unconscious use of cannabis as well. And just how like so many people are just like getting stoned out of their mind all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And I recognize myself in that archetype in that person, because there was a lot of time that I spent in my life just completely unconscious to my cannabis consumption and just using it to numb out because there was so much happening in my life that I couldn't really, honestly, I just couldn't really navigate. And so, um, I just wanted to kind of start banging on a little drum in the corner of like, Hey, like, let's not abuse it. Like, let's not destroy this sacred intention of this plant. And I wanted to just start having more conversations and reminding people like, cannabis has been used in sacred practices forever and we're the first culture that has completely forgotten that because of prohibition for so long it removed it so far from sacred and spirituality and then now that it's becoming back into legal everybody's mind is just focused on recreation and recreational cannabis is one of my favorite ways to spend my free time. So like, I'm mm -hmm. not by any means like judging or right. condemning the recreational use of it. <laughs> like it's still my favorite plant, but I, I worry that we have over overlooked the profound spiritual potential, you know? And so that's really what my heart and soul is behind this. I don't want to tell anybody to not use cannabis in any way. In fact, I think most human beings could really afford to use more cannabis, whether that's yes. <laughs> recreationally or medicinally, but then especially using it in a sacred spiritual practice because it is so powerful. Um, so my background is, you know, I grew up Christian in a sense, we were, we went to church on Christmas and Easter. My grandmother really was a strong influence of my faith because she really loved Jesus. And so that definitely created a love for God within me from a very young age. I can remember being very, very spiritual and very loving of God at nine years old. Um, and then I actually didn't really get involved into the church though, until I was about 25. And so I okay. kind of put myself into the church as an adult, um, just got out of a bad relationship. My life was kind of a mess. My sister had been going to church for a while. So I just thought, well, okay, we'll give this a try. Um, and I had a lot of really profound spiritual experiences through the church that really helped me understand God in a, in a very specific way. But then after I went through a divorce, actually, I, there was so much shame and so much judgment from the church and from the people in the church that I felt some of it was real. And some of it was just through my own lens, of course, mm -hmm. but I, I felt God so strongly kind of pulling me out of that marriage. And so then I started being like, okay, this doesn't really make sense to me. And so that's when I started my journey of kind of deconstructing my faith in the sense of viewing God through a religion and through a religious context. And so that's when I started studying Buddhism and yoga and right. meditation and mindfulness. And I started meditating. I started to seek God in a lot of different ways instead of just through the context of Christianity. And in that seeking, um, I continued to be validated and affirmed that God is so much bigger than religion. And even the word God, which carries, of course, its own baggage, its own weight, and people have mm -hmm. such a conditioned response to that word. Um, you know, it, it has just been really interesting in the ways that source, creator, universe, the energy of love, 
you know, this frequency that you cannot even try to describe with words has revealed itself to me. And so then, um, you know, as I, like I was saying with my finding cannabis meditation, that all kind of came from that foundation of love for God that I have been really had since I was a little girl. Um, and then now my understanding of this entity is so far so far beyond what I could have ever imagined it to be before. And so I simply desire to share how to go find out for yourself. You know, like I said before at the beginning of the podcast, so like with the cannabis meditations, if you have the ability to quiet your mind and to really drop in, you, you will experience something with the creator that will shape your view of the creator, but you have to be willing and able to let go of your conditioned beliefs about God, whatever that is. Do you believe that God is an angry man that sits on a cloud? Do you believe mm-hmm. that God is the earth? Do you believe that God is air? Whatever you're already bringing to the table, you have to kind of be willing to let it go and be open because this is kind of, to me, I believe that the human condition is to try as best as we can to understand the complex intricate mysteries of the universe of source of god and that journey is a lifetime worth of exploration and so to me cannabis meditation is just one little tool to put in your backpack on your journey of trying to remember who you are but then ultimately to try to have an experiential understanding and experience in the body of what this source this source energy what it is so that that you can begin to live your life in alignment to that energy. I think that's so true. And I definitely think that cannabis meditation is a really good way to get there. Um, just, I think when, cause I did it once by myself and then I did it the other night with you, um, during the Monday night class. And I don't think that I smoked enough mm-hmm. before the Monday night class mm-hmm. because I kept, I don't know. I was just, I felt, completely fine after like 10 minutes and I was like yes well oh, just kind of antsy and then I don't know so I really don't think that I did but the first time I definitely did um and it was a really long one I think it was like an hour or two it's on YouTube that you had a yeah 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 long. yeah 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 um and that one for me was just it was so crazy because usually when I do meditate I able to kind of tune into myself and just like quiet my mind. And I'd say my mind was quiet, but I was also like connecting things and thinking and pulling in information at the same time. And it was so cool. And it was honestly really relatable um, and similar to other plant medicines that I've done, like shrooms Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It was so similar. And that's why I was like, this is so cool because it really is a whole spiritual experience. And like you, I have been using cannabis for a very, very long time, um, both medically and recreationally, but it never really occurred to me to use it in a spiritual practice in that way. So cool. I think it's awesome. It is. And the coolest thing about the cannabis meditations is that they're always different. Every single one that you do will be different. And so I try to give people as much context ahead of time, because if you go in with an expectation then you're already going to 
short yourself, really. If you go in with an expectation of, oh my God, I'm going to go have an encounter with God. This is on. I'm happening. I'm going in. And then you lay down and the mind won't stop, right? The mind won't Mm -hmm. stop going. And so it's kind of one of those things where you have to be surrendered and practicing surrender is the most profound spiritual teaching that any human being can embody is being truly surrendered to the unfolding of the divine, both in your life, Mm -hmm. in yourself, in your being, and in, in the world as a whole and trusting that this crazy ride that we're all on together is the unfolding of the divine. And so, um, each cannabis meditation is different. It is unique. And sometimes it's incredibly mundane and like your mind is just kind of ticking around and not really doing anything. Sometimes you're laying on the floor weeping, you know, purging with your inner child, like just sobbing like a little child who's just been wounded. Sometimes you're blasting off into the ethers, your body completely dissolved into black outer space and you're just floating Mm -hmm. around in the cosmic unknown. And sometimes you're literally just so overwhelmed with energy that you are in complete unity with the divine and any and all of those things can happen and any and all of those things are exactly as it's supposed to happen. And so my understanding of it is that we have to go through the human layers of emotion to arrive into this spiritual realm because so many, Mm -hmm. so much of us are living disconnected from how we actually feel. We're living disconnected from our bodies and from our truths that when we lay down and meditate with cannabis, the mind is just like, going to go into hyperdrive, not only because the cannabis stirs the thinking mind, Mm -hmm. but because the mind does not want to acknowledge what is happening below the neck, but the body holds the wisdom, right? And so I will tell people that you can anticipate cannabis meditations to be uncomfortable sometimes, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And like, that is actually kind of the point because it's revealing to you a lot of these layers that are actually acting as defense mechanisms or layers in between your connection to your own spirit. And so this is the work. If you want to call it work, it's just to acknowledge how you feel and to allow your body to feel what you feel. And then as you do that and you get more comfortable in that space, then you'll continue to just feel and release and feel and release like we're supposed to instead of feel and hold on and feel Mm -hmm. and hold on and layer and layer and layer more shit and more trauma and more garbage on top of this spiritual nature of your true self, which is just energy, right? And so the cannabis meditations, they help you purge all that stuff out. Sometimes that's crying. Sometimes that's shaking, the body convulsing and twitching around. Sometimes that's just complete awe and overwhelm and energy rippling and bounding through the body. And so, you know, cannabis meditations, they, I believe that the plant has wisdom and the wisdom is communicated to the body and the body knows what to do. And so our work is just to lay there and let it do what it's going to do. What you're explaining sounds so similar. I just had another guest on the show the other day. Um, She was talking about emotion code, which is like trapped emotions and that sort of thing. And it sounds like cannabis meditation is, there we go. Yes. (laughs) You can't see, but she just hold up the book that we were talking about. I love it. I love it. Yes. Um, um, But it sounds so similar in that it's just another way to kind of acknowledge process and release those trapped emotions. Yes. Um, And you're bringing up the exact same things, how that can you know, manifest as pain or it can get uncomfortable. And that's what the canvas kind of brings to light. And that's something I've experienced, not just in cannabis meditation, but just using it day to day medically or whatever. Um, I'm able to example, I had a really bad stomach ache the other day. 
like freaking out, dying, doubled over in pain, throwing up. And I was like, maybe I'll just smoke. I smoked like a teeny tiny bit and I was able to like stop and like think and really tune into my body. Mm. And I started to feel better. I figured out, I was like, I need meat. I haven't had meat. Like I just kind of listened to my body and was like, it kind of almost told me what I needed. And I think that's such a helpful tool. So I can really see how, especially laying there completely tuned into your own body, how cannabis can really elevate that. Yeah. And the way that cannabis expands or opens the awareness in the mind. And so like, if you're Mm -hmm. laying there, so let's say you have a stomach ache, that's a great example to just use. Then it's like, oh, I have a stomach ache. Oh God, I need to take some Tums or I'll have some, you know, I just kind of go on. Yeah. Right. And so then it's like, well, what if we just pause for a second and lay still? And so then I'll consume some cannabis, set the intention and lay still and just say, okay, body, what do you want to say? And then the belly literally will say, and it will pop up just like this little bubble of thought. And it will say, you know, I'm anxious because of X, Y, or Z, or I, there's grief or there's, it's actually emotional. It's not even mm-hmm. physical in the actual belly. And so when you start to set the intention to tap into and listen to the wisdom of the body, the body feels a lot more comfortable actually expressing or communicating right. to you what is going on. So then mm-hmm. in the future, you can feel something and go, Oh, okay. I feel this. What do you feel? And then I just, I usually kind of do this and I kind of give myself a little hug and I'm like, okay, what do you feel? And then it's like, oh, you feel humiliated. Okay. This is, this is triggering an old humiliation wound that you have and it's manifesting as a tight stomach or something along those lines. And so I usually tell people, you know, with cannabis, the number one thing I hear all the time is, oh, I don't smoke weed because cannabis makes me anxious. And I'm like, well, no, no, cannabis doesn't make you anxious. Cannabis just makes you aware of your anxiety, right? That's all it is my best friend, she, she really likes to smoke weed every time after she smokes. She's like, I really enjoyed that. But the entire time she's freaking out. She's like, I don't know. I feel anxious. Uh, My stomach hurts. This feels weird. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, stop. Listen to that. Why does it feel like that? She's like, I don't know. So I think a lot of people really need to tune into their bodies when they're using cannabis. And I think a lot of people too tend to start a little bit too large. For sure. And that can lead to too much is can be exactly. But the way that I also look at it is that like that thought pattern, what you're describing of your friend, Mm -hmm. like I'm anxious, my stomach hurts, blah, blah, blah. That is a pattern of thinking. Right. And so sometimes what cannabis and all plant medicines can do is that if you get sucked into your own pattern of thinking, it further, um, it further, what's the word I'm thinking of it? Like it solidifies or it further um, exasperates that pattern of thinking. And so the work or the, the way that you can use cannabis to actually physically change the neural pathways in the mind mm-hmm. is that when you're smoking weed and you're seeing these familiar patterns, oh, weed makes me anxious every single time I smoke weed. Well, you're in control of your experience. You're in control of your being. You're in control of your mind. You are in control of your emotions. And so you get to decide, am I going to spin in the same pattern I'm, I've always been in, or am I going to con? consciously choose to shift. And so this is what, um, you know, a lot of what Bouncing Cannabis first started as, as I was talking about using cannabis to build about emotional robustness and mm-hmm. essentially teaching people how to not cave into habitual or patterned states of emotions or of thought loops and consciously choose different. And so for a long time, I was consistently having anxiety on, on weed, like overwhelming. Okay. 
to the point that I was like, I think I should just stop smoking because it's not serving me anymore. And then I heard from spirit, like, what if you just decide that you don't have anxiety on weed anymore? And I literally just in a, and I just made the decision. Weed does not make me anxious anymore. And so to now it doesn't make me. And sometimes if there's a little thing that pops up, I know that that is a truth that I'm kind of stuffing or I'm not really paying full attention to. And so this conscious decision to declare over my own being, cannabis does not make me anxious anymore. If it reveals to me my anxiety, I have the option and the authority and the sovereignty over my being to make a shift. And so this is ultimately, you want to talk about evolution and what we're trying to do to better ourselves and to become better human beings. It's creating different neural pathways, neural networks in the mind, and it's shifting emotional states of being that are habitual or patterned. And this is how we have a new and different experience in our life is because now my mind sounds different, my emotions feel different, and I'm tapped in to a authority over my own being that I've never been tapped into before. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. See the latest designs from your favorite brands, including Brizo, at your local Ferguson showroom. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. That makes total sense. I. So what tips, just like two or three tips do you have for someone who really wants to get to that point from being anxious and stuck in that loop of anxiety? How do you get from that point of being able to tell your, not only tell yourself, I'm not going to be anxious on weed, but following through with that and listening to your mind and shutting down those thoughts while you're on cannabis? So the, there would be two kind of different avenues that you could take. The first avenue is to recognize that the, whatever the anxiety is triggering in your mind, in some way, there's truth in that. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the anxiety is presenting to you, you feel that way in truth all the time. 
And so the practice to become, it becomes, instead of just saying, staying on that surface level of anxiety that you're experiencing on cannabis, I'm actually going to go way deep into it and find the root or the truth of this thing. So am I ashamed that I'm on, on cannabis and I don't want people to know? Am I uncomfortable with other people knowing that I'm high? Because that was, I mean, these are all just examples that I experienced. Oh yeah, I went, me too. Right. Or it was whatever I was already feeling uncomfortable about. Does this person even like me? Do they want me to live here? You know, mm -hmm. if it's a roommate, am I doing good at this job? Am I actually like showing up for my partner? Whatever is coming up, there is some sense of truth there. And so the first thing that you do is instead of just wallowing in your anxiety and just being like, I'm anxious. Oh God, I'm uncomfortable because right. I have all this anxiety. It's like, have courage and actually find out the truth of your anxiety. What is actually going on in the body? What is actually going on in, this, in the system? And what wound is being poked? Because essentially that's what's happening. There's something in you, mm -hmm. an inner child issue, a trauma response issue, a worthiness issue that is being poked when you have cannabis and it's expressing as anxiety. But anxiety is not the problem. It's just the symptom. And so... The work becomes to find that. The next right. avenue to, to, to make that shift is just to fucking do it. Just to yep. declare and decide cannabis does not make me anxious anymore. And I am not giving in to that thought or to those patterns of thinking when it comes to cannabis and anxiety. I'm just not doing it. It's just not the thing. And so, so I'm going to smoke weed and I'm going to do what I want to do and have fun and blah, blah, blah. And when I feel that little trickle of anxiety come up, I'm going to squash it and shift my attention to something else. Right. And so the combination of these two practices, I think that they're both really important because you could definitely do some bypassing if right. you're just like, Oh no, I don't feel that way. I don't feel it. I don't, I mm -hmm. feel nothing. I'm not doing that. You know, like that's bypassing. We don't want to do that. But how do we find this balance between both? So sometimes laying in cannabis meditation, allowing what you feel to come to the surface, the truth of what's actually going on to be revealed to you so you know, and then the practice of rewiring the brain. I am no longer at the mercy of anxiety. I am right. not anxiety. I am having an experience of it, but that is just a symptom. And the root is actually my feelings of unworthiness. Oh, well, that's a different conversation. I'm going to approach that differently. And so if you want to use cannabis for wellness of any kind, then it's like, how, how is it helping you get better? Because if it's not helping you get better when you don't have cannabis in your system, then it's not actually serving you. And that's so true. a lot of people will find that they just smoke weed and have anxious anxiety and paranoia. Well, the anxiety and paranoia is rooted somewhere in truth. So just go find out what that is and then mm -hmm. heal yourself of that wound. Right. So if it's a worthiness issue or if it's a fear of being found out, or if it's a fear of not being good enough or whatever the case is, heal that part of yourself with love and compassion and then rewire your brain so that you're not falling back into these habitual states of thinking over and over and over and over and over again. It's likely that if you're in that habitual state of thinking when you're on weed or when you're on cannabis, that that habitual state of being is running in your mind below mm -hmm. your conscious awareness all the time. Right. No, that's so, so just, true. It's just showing you what's already going on. And so essentially the process of healing is, is new neural networks. It's new habitual yep. states of being both in the mind and in the emotions. And then it's surrendering and purging and letting go of all energies of all emotions that are not serving you patterns of belief, 
subconscious beliefs, all of these stuff. It's like, just get it out of the body. And cannabis does all the above. Yep. I, you're bringing up such good points. I'm like (laughs) taking so many notes over here because I love that you're really bringing up cannabis in such a spiritual way, because I think that's what helped me. Well, there's two things that helped me shift from, because I used to get really, really anxious when I would smoke as well, like unbelievably anxious, but I also realized that it was helping me with a lot of other things. It helped me get off medications that I was on for years. It was helping me sleep, so many other things. And so that's when I was like, well, I don't want to give this up because it is helping me and I don't want to get back on Alexa Pro and all these other things. So that's when I was like, I used one of the methods you were talking about, kind of telling myself, no, we're not going to feel this anymore. That's not going to work. And that's something that usually works for me. I'm pretty good at telling myself, shutting it down and working through it, but it kept popping up. And I like that you brought up that how cannabis can really help bring stuff to light and just kind of ping on it and be like, you need to work on this. Not that you need to feel it every time you smoke, but you need to work on it. And that is something that I learned. And I learned it with when I was doing shrooms, actually, with psilocybin. That's how I learned it. Um, And I was reading books about it, listening to podcasts. And that's something that people were talking about a lot is how it gives you this information and these pings of what's wrong. And it's up to you to go change it and work on them. And once I started viewing cannabis in that same way, along with using it medically and recreationally, that's when I was able to use it as a tool to grow through my anxiety. Um, And now most of the time I use weed to not be anxious. Mm -hmm. So it really has switched roles. But I like that you brought up the two different avenues. One being just telling yourself, like, we're going to do this, we're going to get through it. Um, And the other one being a little bit more timid and working with yourself a little bit slower. Um, Just because not one thing works for every single person. But I think these tips are so good because so many people do face anxiety with weed and they want to smoke, they want to be able to use it. Um, I have so many friends who are like that. They just feel like they can't. Right. And honestly, like the state of our world right now, every single human being is experiencing such high states of anxiety. It's just part of 2021. And so I think that, and like, you know, the, the beauty of what has happened in our world as of late is giving people an opportunity to finally actually be still with themselves and recognize like, oh, actually, I'm oh, yes. not that happy. Oh, I actually have a lot of shit going on that I probably should work through. And so the cannabis meditations, well, no, let me rewind. Even just the journey of healing, the journey mm-hmm. of letting go, of, of healing yourself, of healing your wounds, of doing all that stuff, it doesn't always feel good. It's not always fun. Right. And I think that as more people continue to encourage and love on others as they're going through this process, it gives us something to look forward to. Because at this point, it's like, well, if you have to kind of make the journey feel appealing enough to keep going, because right. you can have one ple- unpleasant experience on cannabis in cannabis meditation and be like, fuck that, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore ever. And so yeah. it's like, it's the same thing with psychedelics, where sometimes it is all beautiful rainbows and feel good feelings. And Oh my God, I understand all things and the connectedness of life. And sometimes you're replaying every moment of trauma in your brain that you have ever experienced. That's what happened to me my last time. And instead of being like, I'm never doing that again. I'm like, it, it happened. And I learned a lot from it. And it had to come up. 
yeah, it needed to, it needed to come up and I needed to work on it and I did. Right. And I'm so, so happy that I did. Yeah. But I and know a lot book- of people don't have the mindset of, right. Oh, that helped me. They're like, nope, nope. That was scary. Nope, that I don't want to think I'm about done. that. And like, that's fine. Yeah. And like, honestly, I just want to encourage and empower people wherever they are, because some people will come to my meditations mm-hmm. and they'll pop off even before the meditation's finished and they just don't, and they'll never come back. And that's honestly okay because right. it's not for everyone. Everything is not for everyone. I'm not trying to say that everyone should it's do so plant medicines at all. It's like, if you feel in alignment, if you feel called, if it's in resonance with your truth Mm -hmm. then pursue it. Right. And so for me, psilocybin has been a 1000% life changer. It has healed my depression. It has helped me heal my anxiety. It has shifted everything, but the plant medicine just brought awareness. I made the conscious decisions to integrate and to retrain my brain and to retrain my body and to purge emotional energy. And so that's the other thing that cannabis meditations are doing, which is kind of hard to explain, especially for people that have never experienced psychedelics because Mm -hmm. they've never had an experience of purging of any kind. And so when you do a cannabis meditation, the way the energy purges out of your body, mm-hmm. sometimes it can, like for me, it looks like I'm having a seizure, you know, like the whole body is shaking and twitching and moving and it looks really intense. And it's interesting because two days ago, my baby nephew, he's like 18 months old. He fell asleep on my chest and he's mm-hmm. laying there and I'm just laying and it was so sweet. And I'm like, Oh, this is such a dreamy moment. And as he's sleeping, his little nervous system is just firing and twitching and doing yep. all this stuff right while he's sleeping. And I'm watching this baby and it's like their nervous system knows exactly what to do to release stuck energy, to release emotions, right? This is why a kid, if it's angry or frustrated or whatever, it'll cry a lot and then it will get over it and move on. Right. And then they go to sleep and their little body will twitch and their nervous system will just get all this little extra energy Mm -hmm. out of the body. Well, then we become adults. We don't allow ourselves to feel. We certainly don't allow ourselves to express or emote externally or outwardly. We don't have any understanding of energy or how to actually purge it and move it through the body. And so we're just holding on. We become these rigid structures of, of old trauma and old pain and old emotions that don't serve us. And so the cannabis meditation, if you allow it to, and if you understand and you trust and you keep the body open and surrendered, then that energy is going to come out. And oftentimes that feels really intense or uncomfortable or whatever. And people, they don't have yet the, the mindset or the ability to comprehend what's happening. It freaks them out, you know, and then they're like, cannabis is weird. I'm not smoking weed right. anymore, <laughs> whatever. And it's like, no, the, it's, it's just telling it like, you're giving your body an opportunity to do what it does naturally. Your body knows how to heal itself. And so when you set the intention with cannabis, when you infuse the cannabis plant with your intention of healing and of growth and evolution, the, the cannabis speaks to the nervous system. It speaks to the endocannabinoid mm-hmm. system and it tells it, okay, we're here for healing. Go. Yes. And then the body knows how to heal itself. Yeah. I mean, even in the meditation... The as soon as you consume and lay down, you can almost feel it because your brain just kind of goes, ooh, and like slows down and everything feels slow. And it's almost like you go in and then expand and you're able to really listen and just feel everything. 
yeah. it, it's just like an overall like body consuming experience whether yeah. it's I mean for me I had one that was super intense and one that wasn't but I still had the same beginning effects of like feeling myself kind of shut down and tune into myself the world around me was gone and it was like what do I need what are my intentions for this and what am I going to get out of it I love it I love it and then the practice just becomes to continue to practice quieting the mind right and so Mm -hmm. this is where the meditation part of this actually comes in is that when you pay attention very intimately to what you're feeling in your body Mm -hmm. whether it's energy or it's emotions or it's sensation of any kind when you focus all of your mind attention or your mind energy on what you're feeling now you're starting to tap into true meditative experiences and so this is also teaching people how to meditate because once your brain has the neural network or the neural pathways of how to get to this space of a quieted mind an expanded body where you're tapping into what you feel you kind of know how to get back there so when you sit down to meditate without cannabis you sort of already your brain knows where it's going and this mm-hmm. is why w- people with psych- ha- with psychedelic experience have such different experiences on cannabis meditations because their mind has already been expanded into altered states of consciousness that makes or sense. altered realms of energy that when you're coming to cannabis meditation, if you're a psychonaut or you've had plant medicine experience, you're having full-blown like um reflective experiences of your psilocybin of your ayahuasca Mm -hmm. of your dmt like it doesn't matter because that part of your brain has already been open and then when you consume cannabis in this way it basically activates that nerve that neural network in the brain Mm -hmm. and it takes you right back to where you were when you were on mushrooms or when you were in the jungle or whatever and so i've had people that have come to me and being like that was more powerful than an ayahuasca experience that was more insane than a mushroom journey i've had and it's like of course, that doesn't happen for everyone, but mm-hmm. for those that are open, it, it, it definitely can happen. And so it's, it's really it's so cool. It's I so think cool. it's awesome. It's awesome it. because like, I mean, I use cannabis every single day I have for many, many years. And up until learning about cannabis meditation, I never thought of it. I mean, I knew it had benefits. That's why I use it. But I never really thought of it having benefits in such a profound way. Mm-hmm which yeah, I think is sure. crazy. I actually heard about it at first on a podcast. Someone went to a, he went on a, I believe it was a retreat where he went to do another psychedelic and the first night they had like a cannabis meditation. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that was the craziest thing I've ever done. And he was freaking yeah. out about it. That's why I was yeah. like, oh, I wonder what this is. I need to know more about <laughs> yes. this. Yes. That's amazing. And I, um, yeah, I was holding space for people with on psilocybin for a long time as well. Oh, really? Cannabis meditation was the, um, we did that the night before at the retreat. Okay. And so we would do a cannabis meditation as part of the retreat experience before the journey the next day. And the gotcha. cannabis meditation really helps people navigate or feel comfortable in altered states of consciousness, mm-hmm. even though it's so completely different, it's not at all the same because the right. cannabis energy is so different than psilocybin energy. And so, um, but at the same time, they're, they're, they're very good allies and they're very good friends. In fact, their energies coexist very well together. Um, and so, yeah, I think that cannabis meditation is a practice that it's not, I didn't, I mean, I kind of, I guess I sort of created it. I'm certain other people are doing it. I'm not Mm -hmm. the only human being to ever do this, obviously. 
Um, but I think that it, particularly my background in learning about mental health and mental illness um, and understanding emotions and understanding consciousness and expanding consciousness, I feel like I have a very unique approach to right. helping people understand what is happening in the body, in the mind, and in the spirit when you meditate with cannabis, because all three of these things are being altered or impacted very, very powerfully. And so when you have context to understand, oh, I'm rewiring my neural network. I'm purging emotional energy that's been stuck in my body. I'm opening the door, the access point of my spirit, which is the connection point to the great spirit of all things. And so these three things simultaneously happening are energetically shifting my resonance. So now overall, the energetic vibration that I hold becomes of greater capacity, of greater um, intensity. Like I can hold more energy now because of this practice. And so when you start to understand the world in energy, the world will change because of the way that you now understand how energy impacts everything and it affects everything, including yourself. That's awesome. I love that you just said that because my next question I wrote down was going to be, what are three things that happen to your mind, body, and spirit? But you just crushed it with that answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so a quick recap, and I have some YouTube videos up about this where I kind of dive deeply Mm -hmm. into each of the three things. But the two things that I feel like the significant things happening in the mind is and they're also on their opposite ends of the spectrum. So the first part of it is that it opens the awareness. It expands the mind's belief system of what it thinks is possible. So it creates possibility for new experience because the mind ego, the default mode network has been softened. Right. And so this is the same part of the brain that's affected on any plant medicines. The default mode network is essentially the ego. It's essentially what's running autopilot in the mind. And so plant medicines soften that thing, which creates possibility for new experiences to occur. It also exasperates that ego. It exasperates the mind in the, what we were just talking about, where it's tripping out um, Uh, I'm sorry, neural networks or patterns of thinking that are not serving you. So now you become aware. So the combination of opening and expanding the consciousness and helping you become aware of the unconscious pattern of your own mind, your thoughts that run through your, your head when you're not paying attention, those two things gives you so much fertile ground into starting to shift your frame of thought, shift your frame of reference, stop talking negatively about yourself, stop beating yourself up in your mind, becoming aware of what you're actually saying to yourself unconsciously all day, every day. These are really, really important tools as you Mm -hmm. start to heal and embody and let go of all these things. Right. So that those are the two main things that are happening in the mind. In the body, what's happening is that it's activating your nervous system. And so the nervous system, which is also very intimately connected with that endocannabinoid system, they're like basically like hand in hand. They are, they're right next to each other. They're, you know, most of the endocannabinoid receptors are in the brain and in the belly and then through the nervous system everywhere. So it activates the nervous system. And that's what you feel in sensation when you're meditating with cannabis, you feel pressure or movement or glitter or light or tingles or bubbles or waves or ripples, whatever you're feeling in your body, this is the nervous system. And so two things are happening. The first thing is that it's creating a mind-body connection. And so all of a sudden you're aware that you can feel your heart beating in your chest. Like, 
I've literally never felt my actual heart beating. I hear that all the time. I've literally never felt my heart beating in my chest unless I was like running or doing cardio. And so just creating this mind body connection is really powerful and really necessary when you want to talk about a journey of embodying your highest Mm -hmm. self, your best self. You have to know your body. You have to be in an ally relationship, a bond, a partnership with the body. The body is just as wise and intelligent as the mind. So it creates that connection. It also is going to start purging out that emotional energy that's stuck in the nervous system. So like you mentioned in the emotion code, basically the way that they're teaching it is that you have an experience of grief, we'll say, for example, something happens to you and it just is grief rippling through your whole entire body. So time has gone on and you're not really as aware of what, of the grief that lives inside of you because it was 10 years ago and and it's, you're over it now. Right. But really all you've done is just shoved it into the subconscious. Right. And that grief is still living in the nervous system somewhere. And so as this nervous system gets activated, as you start to purge energy, all of a sudden grief comes up and out of your being. And it's like, where did that come from? Well, it bypasses the narrative mind. You don't need to know where it came from. You just need to know that there was grief in your body. And now there's not because you purged it out, right? So those are the two things happening in the body. And then in the spirit, so my understanding, and again, like, this is just from my own exploration of my own spirit and of my own practice. And so I don't claim to know all things, excuse me for one moment, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> I don't claim to know anything about the spiritual realm except for what I know in my own experience. Mm-hmm. And so again, I desire to just show people how to go figure it out for themselves. But exactly. Like the language that I've been given that helps me to intellectualize and then integrate my experiences in cannabis meditation is the synergistic way that cannabis affects the mind and the body at the same time. So we're opening and expanding awareness in the mind. We're activating the nervous system and purging out any emotional energy. But this new, broader sense of awareness and a lit up nervous system is sort of this secret key, the secret code, like on a video game or something that accesses the spiritual space within your being. One moment. I have to cough again. <laughs> so sorry about that. You're fine. <laughs> So what I have learned in my own exploration of myself is that there's a very fine layer where the physical body and the energetic body meet, right? And so when we're in cannabis meditations, we're exploring and playing with the energetic body. And so yoga teaches that there's eight layers to the, to the, to the human body. It's the mind, the emotions, the energy, the physical mm-hmm. body, the spiritual body, blah, blah, blah. Um, so t- to my understanding, or at least the language I've been given, is that there's a, there's a very fine line between the physical human form and the energetic body, and the way that they meet is in the nervous system. And the access point of this place, well, it's very like, it's intertwined like this. It's not just two things st- standing next to each other. It's very intricately kind of connected this way. I'm interweaving my fingers for those that aren't watching, but I'm it, the the access point between the human body and the energetic body are intimately intertwined this way. And it's this very, very fine, almost hazy like space inside of your being that is your spirit, right? The spirit 
they, you know, some people think it lives in the third eye. Some people think it lives in the heart. Some people think it lives in, um, you know, the seat of the soul, different as different points in the body. My understanding is that it literally lives everywhere. Your spirit is everywhere in the mm-hmm. body and the nervous system is kind of the gate or the access code to that space. And so when you are meditating with cannabis, as your mind becomes more open to the abundance of possibilities and of infinite knowledge, as your nervous system gets illuminated and tapped in and you can really feel into that point in between the physical and the energetic bodies, and you can find this really intimate, hazy area, then that is where your spirit, the true spirit of yourself, the truth of you as the energy of God manifested into a human form. And that is also the access point to the source of all things where you can sink in. It's almost like this backward suction, like out Mm -hmm. of a a vacuum, essentially. Once you drop in and sink into it, then you become in unity with the divine. And so this is essentially how I have come to understand it. And in that place, when you have the ability to quiet that chattery mind and to keep the body really open and relaxed, even in the face of high intense energy, you find this very delicate, hazy-like area of your being between the physical and the energetic. You dissolve dissolve into that space. Then you are out of body. You're out of mind. You're in complete unity with divine. And then that's when we're talking about miraculous healing and miraculous shifting and people having an experience that they come back from, that they are forever changed. Yep. I have had one of those and it's (laughs) insane. It's crazy too, because for a long time I've heard people talking about stuff like that. And I was like, whatever, like I've done it all. That never happens. And then it happened and I was like, holy fucking shit. Okay. So it's a real thing. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those beautiful things too, because you know, a lot of people are talking about psychedelics right now. Everybody, Mm -hmm. obviously they're really popular and I'm so happy that people are eating the plants, like eat the plants. (laughs) So it's so good. Um, And it's just so funny that people don't think of cannabis when they think of psychedelics and cannabis is absolutely a psychedelic. And so I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. If you know how to do it, you know, like if you're just sitting Mm -hmm. around with your friends, smoking a joint, watching sports, like no, you're probably not. Yeah, of course not. Other realms of dimensions and of reality. But if you know how to set that, the set and setting, if you know how to work with cannabis as a psychedelic, it absolutely has the power to facilitate very Mm -hmm. profound psychedelic experiences. And honestly, sometimes I think even more so because, well, I don't know, it's hard to say, but cannabis energy is a little bit brash sometimes, right? And this is why sometimes her awareness that she gives you is a little intense, you know, yeah. like sometimes it's kind of like a stern mother, the cannabis mm-hmm. energy, like you got to fix your shit, man. You know, whereas I feel like sometimes the mushrooms they'll tell you and they kind of like present it in this way. And they're like, Oh darling, you just maybe could fix yeah. that. You know? And it's like, no, oh, it's true. I feel I like, yeah. When I've done shrooms, it's like, here's the issue. It arises or here's this, whatever. When I consume cannabis, I, it's more of like a physical energy thing, especially if I'm not doing it in a meditative setting, if I'm just, you know, with people around my friends, like, and it took me so long to realize this because for a long time I thought it was anxiety. And then I realized it was kind of just reading situations. Like I would be with a specific person and feel so physically uncomfortable only when I smoked weed around them. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I just don't like weed anymore. And then I go 
with someone else do the same thing and I'm fine. And I'm like, no, it really is just bringing up so much energy. And it's, but like you said, it's so brash. It's, there's no like, yeah. oh, maybe this person's like, this right. person's not good. It's like, uh-uh, bad, instant, bad, negative right. energy, get away. Um, right. And once you... Yeah, it can be really intense. And even in that example, like once you start to understand energy and how it works, because it's always resonating in with like resonances. And so when you're around somebody else that you feel uncomfortable around, what's happening is that whatever energy they're carrying is stirring that energy within your own Mm -hmm. being. And so a lot of people will look at this person and say, oh, you make me uncomfortable. I don't like you or whatever. Right. When really it's the presence of whatever energy they carry that's coming up Mm -hmm. within you, right? And so our work then is not to force ourselves to hang out with people that we don't like. Obviously, that's not what I'm saying at all. But it is to acknowledge that, okay, this is present for me right now. This feels interesting. I'm going to explore this within myself a little bit and allow it to be there and just be more mindful and more aware. And so like, as we go on a journey of living our highest self and being our highest self, you cannot live as your highest self if you don't know yourself. 110 percent true that's it like yes you you have to know yourself yep know thyself it is Mm -hmm. the most important thing that you will ever learn so learn every single thing that triggers you learn every single thing that sets you off learn every single wound every single part of your being that struggles with insecurity with overwhelm with fear with grief like go into your being and learn who you are. And yes. then you start to release a lot of those things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I recognize I struggle. Like for me, a big wound of mine that manifested in lots of different ways was feelings of unworthiness. Like so many women, I think in general, carry that feeling, but feelings of unworthiness was infiltrating my life in so many ways. Like un- when it comes to relationships or jobs or family relationships, like so many ways. And so when I finally was like, had the awareness, like, Oh, you just don't think you're good enough. Like that's so dumb. And then yeah. I, that came from when I was what, seven years old. And it was created because my siblings were mean to me or something happened mm-hmm. that just like set me down this belief system about who I am. And it's like, that's not even true anymore. I don't even have to have that emotional attachment to that belief anymore. And so I can just let it go. Right. That's all that it is. It's just consciously letting go. Yeah. I think it's, it's really hard to let go of things that don't serve you anymore. Like for the most part, for me, especially because I was thinking about this actually a few days ago because I had to let go of someone in my life that it was just not a good friendship. It just, and it's not like anything super bad happened. It just really wasn't serving me anymore. It was taking a lot of my energy. Yeah. And like, I've known this for probably six or seven months that I didn't need to be this person's friend anymore because it was taking so much energy. And finally I was able to like, let it go. And it was, I knew it needed to happen was a thing, but it was so hard because it was a security blanket for me. Yes. And then yeah, and same thing with relationships. Yeah. People stay in relationships for like romantic relationships for so right. much longer than they ever should because mm-hmm. why? They don't want to be alone or they're, they're just, it's comfortable or they're safe exactly. there or, well, we live together. So it's awkward to move. It's like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> what, what, yeah. what are you doing? How are you living your life? Like, oh, that's yes. so that's not good. No, it's really not. Yes. And I, think- I think letting go of what's not serving you is all great in theory, but if you don't even know 
what's not serving you, mm-hmm. like what's in your life that's not serving you, how could you ever possibly come to a point of letting it go? Right. So again, like everything that I hope to share from a knowledge perspective is just different ways for you to know yourself. Go yes. learn, become a student of who you are, learn your little quirks, learn the things that you like and don't like, learn your pet peeves, learn everything that you can learn about this human character, this human avatar, this skin meat suit that you're wearing, find out about it, learn about it, and then learn how it thrives. You know, because yeah. everybody is different. The environment that you're in, the food that you eat, the media and the digital right. information you take in, the way you spend your time, the conversations that you have, the quality of your thoughts, the condition or the intention of your heart, like all of these things affect your overall being and your overall resonance and are a part of becoming your best self, living your best life in alignment, in flow, like receiving abundance, manifesting all of Mm -hmm. these spiritual teachings all come back to the closer and more authentic knowing you have of yourself. All of those other things will come as a part of that. All you have to do is just know who you are. Right. And keep tuning into that and keep listening to yourself. Yeah. Trusting yourself, trusting that inner guidance that, you know, your higher self. I had an experience actually on, on psilocybin where I really understood the, um, the higher self in the spiritual sense. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I had this, it was kind of a holographic, uh, projection of my higher self in a way that was really, and I don't even think I can articulate or describe it, but <laughs> usually it changed, how it goes. <laughs> yes. It changed my understanding of this idea of my higher self, because up to mm-hmm. that point, I had always thought of my higher self as this perfect human version of Colette, right? What does right. Colette look like when she's organized and, and doing her work and, you know, in mm-hmm. her flow and doing yoga all the time and her body is healthy and her mind is blah, 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 right? That was this vision of the higher self. It was this perfect Colette human that I was like, yes, that's what I want. I want to be my higher self. And so once I recognized that my higher self was actually this spiritual holographic projection of my spirit and the way that the Mm -hmm. higher self literally just continues to guide you back into yourself, guide you back into falling in love with the flawed human that you are that to me shifted everything because instead of trying to achieve some form of Colette perfection, I've now learned to just turn inward, recognize that I'm already Colette perfection and how I am and that the flawed humanness of me is what makes me magical and what makes me beautiful and fun and unique and interesting. And that part of me is the part of me that deserves to be adored and to be loved from myself, if that makes sense. Oh, makes total sense. I agree 110%. I think it's really important to love yourself and understand yourself, whether it's understanding your fears or your flaws, because you can always continue to grow off of those things. Yeah. And there's always wisdom, you know, like the more uncomfortable your experience is on cannabis meditations or psychedelics or just in life. If you have an uncomfortable experience, there's so much wisdom in there and you have the choice because again, you are always in choice. Everything that you create, everything that you live, everything that you experience is in choice. And so you have the choice to view every situation, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, desirable or undesirable, overwhelming or incredibly mundane. Mm -hmm. You can find, seek out and excavate wisdom out of that experience and trust that your higher self, this perfect projection of your spirit 
is guiding you exactly where you need to be so that you can further fall in love with the human life that you are living. So true. So true. And I think a lot of people just really forget to tune into that and listen to that, especially nowadays. Yeah. Well, I think that now spiritual evolution has now become just like what all of our, what the humans do in general, it's biohacking. It's, you know, trying to be the best of this, that it's a competition or it's Mm -hmm. that. And it's like, that's not what spiritual spirituality is. And that's not really what any of this stuff is. It's not a competition. It's not a, um, a biohack or a way to, hack the human like sure there's different aspects of it but really it's it's returning to love in every single Mm -hmm. moment it's returning to love and loving yourself and like that's so cliche because unfortunately of social media and the spiritual community making it super cliche but when you talk about self-love it's not looking in the mirror and being like oh I love my body although that's part Mm -hmm. of it self-love is like this true self-respect it's this true honor for self it's looking and Mm -hmm. viewing this self and respecting it the same way that you do god right and so when i look at myself and my gifting and what i'm here to share with the world i respect it so much and i respect it the same way that i respect god so that's that's the journey it's very true um so i want to switch gears a little bit because we are running close to time unfortunately, but I keep like, <laughs> I know we talk for hours all day. Um, but I wanted to ask, so what is a cannabis meditation like for you while you're guiding it? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. I don't actually get that question too often. Um, <laughs> it is, and it's really funny because I'm even just noticing as you're asking me that I, I have had to work through a lot of my own conditioning coming from a Christian background to mm-hmm. be able to articulate what I'm doing in cannabis meditation because it um, it goes against a lot of that belief system, right? And so oh, I yes. had to unpack a lot of that in owning my gift. And so essentially, essentially, I am a channel. I'm an energy channel. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm guiding cannabis meditations, I am pulling in the energy of consciousness in through my being, and I am projecting it outwards through my voice and through my energy into the space. And so even if it's digital or virtually, I'm still projecting that energy through my body. Um, I feel it in a very visceral sensate quality of energy moving through me. And so every meditation is different. Every single Mm -hmm. one I've held dozens and dozens and dozens of these for hundreds of people over the past two years. Um, and literally every single one is still unique, although my language is very similar, but my experience within each one is very different. So sometimes just like with somebody experiencing it, there's a wide spectrum of what could happen or what you might experience. The same thing is true for me. So some days I will just be guiding and verbalizing and taking you on the kind of the journey that I have Mm -hmm. created the script or whatever that I've written. I don't read it. I just, I know it now because I wrote it, but, um, (laughs) but for me, it feels very much just like I'm guiding a meditation. And then sometimes I, the energy in my body is so profound. It's very difficult for me to hold steady. And so all of my attention goes to keeping my voice really calm. And so my whole body might be shaking and convulsing. And so all of my intention and all of my energy has to be very focused on keeping my voice steady because I don't want to disturb other people's meditation. Right. right? And if I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, that's not really like a good energy vibe for people while they're meditating. 
So, um, so that's one experience that will happen. Sometimes I, I'm just in it with you. And so what I'm describing, I'm feeling what you're feeling. I'm feeling, I'm responding. I'm cueing based on what I'm feeling. And so if people are feeling a lot of anxiousness or a lot of pressure in their chest, I can feel that. And so then I can adjust my guidance or my cueing to help them surrender some of that intensity or some of that, um, which is really, that's probably one of my favorite things that happen sometimes because people will be like, how did you know that I had anxiety or I was struggling? I'm like, cause I can feel it too. <laughs> I'm in it with you. Um, and so, and then sometimes, you know, I use my breath a lot. And so if you attend mm -hmm. one of my meditations, you'll hear me breathing audibly, like through the microphone. Um, and that's me shifting energy. So I'm moving energy using the breath, either energy gotcha. in the space or energy in my body. Um, and then there's been times that I've been having full blown spiritual encounters with God. Like That's sometimes crazy. I feel like I like cut a, a, a thin line in the veil of reality and I'm opening myself and experiencing a spiritual realm. I'm in a completely different realm of light and energy and I'm experiencing the people mm -hmm. in my meditation in the spiritual realm and I can feel their energy in the spiritual oh, sense. Wow. I'm like, praying over them and blessing them and loving them and, um, honoring them and, you know, kind of just advocating, I guess is a word mm -hmm. I would use where I'm just like in that space, just honoring the people that are trusting me in the spiritual sense. Right. Um, and then, yeah. And sometimes then I'm having full blown experiences with God and I'm crying and guiding and feeling, mm -hmm. and I've lost connection to my body and I'm completely right. on an another plane. So and, does and, and that get this, hard for you when you're guiding a meditation and that happens? It does sometimes. Yeah. And so that has happened to me a handful of times. And usually what I'll do is, um, I'll almost forget that I'm guiding. And right. So, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I could imagine might happen. Yes. So I, when I'm guiding a meditation, I am in co-creation with God. And so that's mm -hmm. genuinely what I feel like. It feels like, okay, I'm going to kind of be the speaker box, but the energy right. of God comes through. And so I feel very divinely supported, almost like somebody is just like with their hand on my back, like just, and then I'm just kind of like, okay, I can relax because I'm being held up like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's kind of energetically what it feels like. And so gotcha. there's times when I slip out of this, this realm and I'm in another place, then I'll feel kind of source or God kind of just like nudge me back. Like, Hey, you got okay. And then I'm like, Oh, okay, wait, shoot. And then I, ha <laughs> it takes me a second to kind of get back to where I'm at. And then mm -hmm. I, I resend people down. Um, or I, you know, just tap back into wherever we were. So this practice has come through a lot of practice for me, you know? And so oh, like, sure. I actually have a training coming up this weekend, the first mm -hmm. one where I'll be teaching others how to hold the space because I really believe in this practice. Will um, that be your first so training that you're teaching? Yes. Oh, yes, exciting. That's so I'm cool. So Congratulations. Excited. Thank you. That's Thank awesome. you. So I have 14 beautiful humans that are going to learn how to guide cannabis meditation. So I'm so excited about that. But part of the homework is really just doing it a lot because it does take a lot of experience and a lot of practice. And so I, um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where you have to be able to be aware and mindful the entire time and surrendered into the experience. You don't want to be barking at people, you know, like one of, when I went through my yoga teacher training, the, the, one of the things that my teacher said to me about meditation was you can't guide people through a meditation if you are not meditating. 
And so like that really stuck with me. And I have, I have attended some guided meditations before with people that are not meditating and they're just talking. Yeah, I have many times. Yeah. They'll walk around and just kind of. Right. And I think that an experienced guide can still walk around and Mm -hmm. can still appear to be in a wakeful state guiding meditation. But for at least in my experience, if you're not dropping in, you're not really holding the space for people. You're just telling them what to do. And so because of my experience, specifically with cannabis meditation, I almost think of it like hop on my, hop on my ship here, right? Hop on my energy ship and I'm going to drop us into meditation. Right. Right. That's one thing I liked about your meditation the other night is that you sat with us beforehand, you consumed the cannabis with us, and then you did the meditation. So it kind of felt like you were a part of it with us. And I feel, especially with a cannabis meditation, that, you know, if someone was just guiding us and wasn't doing it themselves and was just kind of sitting there on Zoom or in person telling us like, do this, do that, I would start feeling uncomfortable the whole time because, you know, I'm like, well, do they really know what I'm feeling right now? Like, what are their vibes are obviously not on the same level that we are. So I totally see how important that is, especially with cannabis meditation. Right. It is really important. And especially if you are like, so for me, I'm an empath, I'm an Mm -hmm. intuitive guide, I'm an energy channel. And so like when I'm guiding these meditations, I'm exploring the inner landscape of myself to help me better support you wherever Mm -hmm. you are. So, you know, I do one-on-one private sessions over Zoom as well. I do in-person ones. And then also on virtually and live. And my goal is to keep getting bigger and bigger in the sense, I don't want to get bigger, but I want my meditations to be bigger because the more people that come together and do this practice together, the greater the energy becomes. And as there's more energy, it's so much easier for newbies or people that haven't had experiences to help them tap into this other dimension of reality, then that energy really supports them as they go in. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, we're all going together, right? So we're all going to consume together. I'm going to go with you because while we're on the journey, while we're dropping in, like I said, a moment ago, if I feel all this pressure and anxiety in the chest, then I know that people aren't going to be able to drop all the way in because the mind is going to start stirring and they're going to stay stuck there. And Mm -hmm. so as I'm feeling all this anxiety, I can help use the breath to soften, to dispel some of that anxiety, because I know if we can break through that barrier, then we're as a group collectively going to drop in a little bit deeper. And then maybe I'll get into the pelvis and I feel shame and I feel fear and I feel all of this stuck energy Mm -hmm. down into the pelvis or in the womb or in the perennial or wherever that root chakra, right? So then I can focus all of our attention down into that space, which will release all of that energy. And then we can drop in further. And so I'm just, I'm authentically and genuinely taking people on a journey of energy with my language, with my words and with my energy so that they can tap into and break free of a lot of these energetic blocks that they may or may not know that they're holding. Yeah. I think it's so cool. It's just such an experience overall. It really is. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's so cool. And it's really interesting to hear how things work for you on the back end. Um, I really just loved hearing about that because I was, after the meditation the other night, so curious about what it was like for you, especially like seeing how involved you were with everyone else. Um, It almost didn't feel like you were guiding it. It just felt like you were there. You know, it was, it was such a collective 
experience, which I usually, especially over Zoom, never get like Zoom yoga classes and all that, never. But it was really so collaborative, so collective. And like, we didn't even really talk with each other. And I just still felt so connected with everybody else. Yeah, it's the energy. Honestly, the energy is everything that you need to know lives in the energy in your body. Everything that you want to understand in the spiritual realm lives in the energy. And so it's like, as people continue to tap in and do this, then they can do it. And honestly, it took me so long to get to the point, even when I was saying about social media at the beginning of the conversation, like I was off social media for so long and not sharing it because this was so vulnerable for me. And like the thought of being on camera and meditating with people that like, you know, some people just, they Mm -hmm. don't turn their camera on. And I don't even know if they're actually meditating or if they're just watching me doing this weird shit. And then I'm like moving my body and I'm like, you know, breathing and doing all this crazy stuff. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh God. And so like a part of my journey into being ready for what's coming and to step into this calling and to begin to be comfortable on a podcast talking about what's happening to me in the spiritual yeah. realm when I'm doing this stuff, right? Like I had to get over so much of my own wounds and my own fear and all of this root chakra shit that I have been yep. releasing and letting go of because, you know, I just, I was terrified and just, it felt so vulnerable. Like I can't, I can't do a cannabis meditation and not be tapped in right? Because then that's inauthentic and the people will feel that. And I couldn't figure out like how to get comfortable being that vulnerable on camera. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think that the, the meditations, the cannabis meditations themselves have been a huge, huge part in my healing that's awesome. that part of my own being, because every time I deliver these meditations, whatever the energy that comes up and out for everybody in the collective, like I said before, it also comes mm-hmm. out of me. And so that's if there's true. a big chunk of shame that's being dislodged from either one person or from the whole group, then that's also coming out of me as well. And so I, mm-hmm. I just feel very grateful and appreciative because yeah. I'm also having healing experiences every time I hold these. I want to talk about what you just brought up about vulnerability, but kind of in a different way. Um, I know you said you practiced Christianity. um, And did you find that you were faced with a lot of backlash when you started talking about cannabis or working with cannabis? Um, Was there a big stigma around it? Were your family and friends okay? Like, what was that like for you? I had kind of distanced myself already from the Christian bubble when I went through a divorce. because the divorce to me was just as stigmatized and shameful and sinful, you know, whatever as cannabis was. And so Mm -hmm. I had already started separating myself from that circle or that community in the sense of like the people that I know love me and that are with me, they were with me through that process. And so then it's like cannabis. Yeah, whatever, you know, with my Mm -hmm. family, most of my family, they are very supportive of me and my journey and of my work. Um, yet a lot of them don't consume cannabis and they, they are, they still definitely are very much in this conservative Christian belief Mm -hmm. system, which I completely respect and love. Um, but there's a lot about this practice that they, don't feel comfortable with yet, to be honest, you know? Right. So, um, yes. So I feel like for me, when I came out and started and created balancing cannabis and started talking publicly about cannabis, it wasn't necessarily that it was a lot of these, it was kind of just the imaginary them that I had to Mm -hmm. kind of get over because 
the conditioning and the stigma of this plant is so real. It's ridiculous. And then you want to talk about it in a spiritual sense, you know, like that's a whole other layer of stigmatized conversation and conditioning. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there was a whole process, you know, I call it coming out of the cannabis closet. And it's like, there was a whole process yeah. that I went to, to start sharing publicly about it. Even when I started balancing cannabis back in 2019, and then even just since November, when I actually started really getting some momentum and energy behind this brand and started really putting myself out there, um, I kind of had to go through another layer of being like, no, this is who I am. This is my belief. This is what I know. And this is what I'm here to share with people. And so, yeah, you know, for anybody that's interested in the cannabis industry, and this is what I teach those that are coming up under me through my trainings that I'm offering, um, or just anybody that's interested in general, it's like, you do have to be ready to face that conditioning within yourself mm -hmm. and that shame that we have carried for so long in using cannabis. Like I hid my cannabis consumption forever. And so there is still definitely a big part of, of letting all of that go, you know, yeah. which is just another part of the journey. It's just like, who cares? It's just a plant. We're over, yep. I'm overthinking it. I exactly. wasn't thinking it. So yeah, but yeah. it did take a lot of my own courage and conviction and, and, releasing a lot of that conditioning to come. Yeah. No, I here. totally agree with what you just said because I, my dad's side of the family is very conservative. Like when I told them I was moving to Portland, my grandma was like, you can't move there. They smoke weed and there's tons of liberals. And I'm like, oh gee, <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, yeah. But I'd say at, like as of this very current moment, right this second, my mom knows I smoke, kind of, and my little sister knows, and that's it. And now yeah. I'm, like, putting out all of these podcast episodes, and my last episode that I released actually was about cannabis, and I, I almost didn't do it. Not that my dad doesn't even know I have a podcast, neither does my grandma or anyone else on his side of the family, right. but I'm like, right. and not that they would ever listen to it if they did, because it's just not something they would do, but I'm like, they're going to know, and they're going to kill me, and then I just stopped, and I was like, you know, it's literally a plant that grows. Yeah. It's completely yeah. legal and it helps me. So helps I just me. need to get over it if they yeah. want to freak out about it, blah, blah, blah. But I think so many people face that, especially yeah. as cannabis becomes, you know, more popular and legal in more yeah. places. I really think more people are starting to use it. And a lot of people are not using it in the most beneficial ways to themselves because they're scared of it um, and they're not using it in medicinal ways because they're kind of just using it to use it or they don't know how to use it. Um, and I see that with a lot of my friends because, you know, I have friends who are like, oh, I can't smoke because of this or I can't smoke because of that um, because my mom will find out and she'll kill me. And I'm like, you're 22. So um, yeah, I really think that breaking the stigma is important, but I do think it starts, like you said, with self-conditioning and really within yeah. yourself and getting over the stigma yourself right? Um, and kind of thinking of the reasons of how it's benefiting you and why it's benefiting you. And if you right. are faced with hardship or challenge or someone coming at you for it, you can say, no, this is helping me with X, Y, Z. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I always love really... hearing people's stories that have to do yeah. with that. And, you know, even for a while when I started balancing cannabis, like I would never post a, a photo of me smoking and I never posted a video when I was high. Right. And ah. there's two reasons I want to do that is because first of all, I want to have intelligent conversations about weed with people maybe that don't smoke 
so that they can right. have a different approach instead of just mm-hmm. that kind of whatever. I also want to dismantle the stoner archetype, right? Because that's no longer what cannabis is. And so it's so much greater than that. It's every different type of person, every walk of life, stay-at-home mothers, executives, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. creatives, people struggling, people not struggling, people that use it medicinally for fun, whatever. Like this is the people plan, like all people. And so at this point now for anybody that has judgment to me for using the plant in any way, or for using it spiritually in any way, at this point, the plant and this practice has changed my life so drastically that there is no judgment that anybody could offer that would make me think twice about the benefit. Hundred percent. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So yep. I've tipped the threshold now. For a while, I was like, "Well, I kind of like to smoke weed and get really high and laugh at dumb shit," you know. And so it was like mm-hmm. I knew it was helping me, but I couldn't really understand why. And now mm-hmm. that I know with every absolute certainty in my being, the way that this plant has shifted my life, then there is nothing anybody can say. And so I would say to anybody who's struggling coming out of the cannabis closet is really be honest about your relationship with cannabis. If you're struggling Mm -hmm. to come out of the closet, it perhaps may be because you've only ever known weed as your high escape want to get fucked up. Like I'm with my friends. I just want to disconnect or whatever. And so, yeah, that's kind of harder to position the benefits Mm -hmm. of this, of using this plant. But once you are like, no, it's helped me completely rewire my mental illness. It's helped me completely eradicate anxiety out of my life. It has helped me tap into my own inner knowing and to the source of all things in the most profound way. Like, what are people going to say after that? Like, who cares what you think? Because I'm a better person now because of Mm -hmm. cannabis. And something to to add to that too is, um, I guess the episode I had on Monday about cannabis, the guest I had on there, Khadijah, she said that she believes whether you're using cannabis recreationally or not, she thinks everyone is using it medicinally, even if you don't know it. And I could not agree more with that. I saw something Um, like that on the internet the other day. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. And I think like you were saying, if you are struggling with coming out of the closet with your cannabis use, then... (laughs) Um, a really good way to go about it is to kind of, even if you are using it regularly, I can't talk today, (laughs) recreationally, um, really break it down and think about why you're using it recreationally, because there is a reason you're using it, whether it makes you feel good because it helps your pain or it lowers your anxiety or it helps you sleep. There's something. And I think it's important to take a look at those and those can really help boost your confidence in talking to others about it. A hundred percent. Because that, it helps you get away from that whole stoner stigma. Because I get that right. so often from people who are like, Lauren, you don't look like a stoner. And I'm like, what is, what does that even mean, first what of all? What does a stoner look like? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, actually, I kind of am a stoner because yeah, I smoke like, weed every day. Yep. I love smoking weed. I love to be high. Yeah. I love to meditate. You know, like, so it's like, yeah. I, I, I want to shift the archetype from what the stoner is in people's minds versus exactly like, and like, there's no shame in using cannabis in any way. It doesn't matter how mm-hmm. you use it because if it's benefiting you and it's making you a better person, then you should be using it for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yes. Could not agree more. 100%. Um, so what is to start to wrap things up? What is the most insane or intense experience that your work has contributed to whether within yourself or something you saw in another person Oh my gosh. Um, I, I have dozens and dozens of I'm sure. incredibly profound, like spiritual encounters that I have had for myself or with other people. I think the most 
insane experiences that I've had have been when I have had a joint spiritual experience with another person. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when I was guiding, when I guide these in person, it is definitely a different energy than when I do them virtually because it's just so much more powerful. Um, And so there's, let's see here. uh, There's, so this one experience that I had, I was with this woman and she is an absolute angel and she was working. She had just gotten finished with radiate or with uh, chemo for okay. like super aggressive breast cancer. Oh, and wow. so she had come to a retreat before she was ready to go into her neck, her surgery and her next mm-hmm. round of treatment. And so we, I was doing a guided meditation, a cannabis meditation, and I was feeling all of this stuff in my body. And I just kept hearing her name in the meditation. And oh. I thought, wow, that's really cool. Okay. I didn't really understand. And I wasn't really getting any like profound ex- thing happening, but I just mm-hmm. kept hearing her name while I'm guiding. And so then towards the end of the meditation, after we had wrapped up the meditation, everyone was had kind of come back to, I looked at her and I just said that I feel such a profound courage in your spirit. Like, it is the it is the most pure divine courage that i've ever witnessed and it's overwhelmingly beautiful and after i said that i kind of just like closed my eyes and breathed into what that felt like in my body because i could mm-hmm. feel this perfect expression of courage oh, wow. in myself and it was like so overwhelming because historically i have lived my life in a lot of fear and so okay the presence of fear is kind of like my old companion where it's like Mm -hmm. everywhere I go, that presence of fear is with me. And so then to feel that courage in my body was so overwhelming that it just completely moved me to tears. And then as I shifted my energy towards her in this kind of spiritual realm, in this other veil of light and energy and all this stuff, I, I literally could feel her spirit. I could feel her soul, her, her, the spirit of God, as it expressed through her in this divine courage, I could feel it coming at me. And it was so overwhelming and it was so beautiful that it like, it was, it's even so hard to explain, but it literally just, it changed my life in every sense of the word, because I feel like I was introduced to a consciousness of courage, to a consciousness of love and compassion that this Mm -hmm. woman holds that I had never known in my own consciousness before. And so when I was exposed to that, or when I was allowed to feel that and experience that in the spiritual realm, it took me to such a different place that it felt like I was experiencing miraculous healing within my own body. And from there, my life has forever changed because that spirit of fear, that timidity that I used to carry, that used to come with me everywhere mm-hmm. that I go has, is, is no longer a part of my reality anymore. And so it was like the presence of her energy and her soul and her spirit in that way completely shifted my life. And that's just one of a lot of stories that I could share. That's about so cool. Oh, I'm sure you have tons and tons and tons. So of many. And so, Yeah some like very visual, like visual experiences, some where I feel like God shows me myself a lot, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. been really powerful. Um, and, and also very healing because it's like, I I get visions of my higher self in cannabis meditation. And so it shows me this, this 
expression of myself that I desire to embody. And so it's like, I almost have a roadmap, you know, cause I've seen her, I've met her very, mm-hmm. very many times, very intimately. I know her and I love her. So it's like, okay, I know where I'm going. Right. Ugh, yeah. I'm so excited for meditation on Monday. I literally, yeah, after yeah. that, I moved my whole schedule around Monday nights. I am <laughs> blocked off from like, Oh, six I love now. that. And because Thank it was so much. No, it's so cool. And I told all of my friends about it. They were like, Thank that's you. so cute. So yes, I'm excited and talking with you more about it and just hearing how cool it is and how intense it can get. And like, yeah knowing that that's achievable. I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. Yes. There's, there's so much to explore in cannabis meditation. Mm -hmm. And so I would just say like, just like a cannabis, just like a regular meditation practice or a yoga practice or whatever, whatever you're doing to heal and to embody. If you Mm -hmm. add a cannabis meditation, just like you add a weekly juice or a weekly, whatever, like you just incorporate it into your practice of wellness then there it is can so probably help so much. much. Oh my God. There's yeah. so much in there for you to explore. And it's like some days it might be fully human, fully emotional, fully uncomfortable mm-hmm. and gross and blah, blah, blah. And some days it's going to be so fucking divine and godly right. and spiritual and energy mm-hmm. and light and love that it's going to blow your mind. And then yeah. some days you're going to lay there and think about your grocery list and that you haven't taken the trash out of your apartment for three <laughs> days and that you need to do laundry, you know? And so it's like, and mm-hmm. everything in between, because it's, yeah, it is an expression so purely of the human life, the human condition being animated by the energy of God, the energy of spirit. Right. And so you're going to have every different type of experience. Exactly. And no matter what experience it is too, you're going to learn something from it. Whether it's crazy or mundane, you will come out of something with it. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. So what is a book, a podcast, or a resource for the listeners that has helped you to find your highest self? Oh, Aubrey Marcus is brilliant. His podcast is amazing. I definitely highly recommend him. I'm not, believe it or not, I'm actually not a huge podcast listener, um, but he has some really great, um, he's a great conversationalist and I think that he is connected to a really great network. Um, Paul Selig is one of my most influential spiritual teachers. His books are channeled texts. Um, and so he has like 12 books out and I would tell anybody to read every single one of them starting at the beginning word. I, I am the word is the name of his first book. Um, but Paul Selig taught me so much about energy in the spiritual realm um, and helped me understand energy in a new way. Uh, And then finally on the human side of things would be Dr. Joe Dispenza. When you want to understand healing and your ability to change your mind, to change your body, to understand habitual emotional states and mental patterns and loops, his work is absolutely brilliant. So the three of them, I would say, if you start down those rabbit holes, you're going to be in in a good space. Awesome. I'm going to have to check those out. And then where can the audience find you online? So Instagram is the easiest and the place that I'm definitely creating the most content. So that's balancing cannabis. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, which has a little bit more um, drawn out videos about these contexts that I talk about. And that's also balancing cannabis. And then I have a website balancingcannabis.com. Um, so then virtual meditations every Monday night, uh, from the comfort of your own home, they're donation based or totally free. doesn't matter. I ask if, um, 
if you don't feel called to make a financial donation, just sharing me with a friend or tagging somebody and bringing a friend is the, all the exchange that I ask for, because essentially I'm not doing this to make money. I'm doing this to teach this practice to as many people as I can, because I believe in it. Um, and then coming in 2021, there will be women's retreats. There will be live meditations, hopefully a cannabis meditation tour around the country. Um, so yeah, just follow me and Instagram is definitely the best and easiest space to find me right now. Perfect. I will be sure to put all of that in the show notes so everyone can find me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Hey Hi Hello podcast. We will see you next Monday with a new episode. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.